Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, we're continuing on in our Remeeting Jesus series. Um, I'm Sarah and I've got Claire here with me today. Hello. And we are going to have a chat about the next section in Matthew where Jesus is teaching his followers. Um, so we're looking today at Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 12. Yeah, let's read it. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Right. Well, I, you know, I love these verses of Jesus, of Jesus teaching because I feel like he's really just getting straight to the heart of the matter of prayer, of what really goes on for us and, and what is a challenge for us in prayer. And, you know, in a sense, it, it, this teaching really puts prayer right in the middle of a relational dynamic. Yeah, that's right. Because Jesus is really pointing out that asking is this central um, component or core of any relationship. So this backwards, forwards dynamic of asking people to help us meet our needs and our wants is something that we actually do constantly, even when we're not realizing that that's what we're doing. It's actually part of our marriages. It's part of our friendships. It's part of our workplace relationships. But asking is actually always a really vulnerable thing to do. To do, it's it's core to building trust between people. It's um, part of building connection with people and having a sense that someone actually cares about you. But you are always risking uh, the possibility of hurt and just feeling rejected because someone didn't come through. So whenever we ask, we have to deal with our pride. Um, and our culture would usually prefer like the DIY model of life where we go do it ourselves and get what we need. Or the other option is the self-help option uh, where we just kind of sort it out quietly on our own with a book. Mm, and there's really no risk in either of those. Is no, there? that's right. That's right. Mm. But then here Jesus is saying to us, ask, like it's actually like a command, right? Ask, seek, knock. Um so he's, he's telling us to, to really go after things in prayer. Yes, he certainly is. It's quite commanding, actually. Um, it's not really an invitation. It's, it's like, just, just go do it. Um, <laughs> and he's, he's saying that, there, you know, you'll see things shift. You'll, think, you, you'll see things happen. But then there's this whole little um, section and statement where he starts talking about God's character. And it's like, well, why, why is that there? Um, and it would seem that Jesus understands that this kind of simple relational dynamic is not always that, that simple. That's right. We don't just ask for something and then that happens straight away and that works every time. Um, and I would say that every, every Christian has some baggage related to these verses and we kind of want to get into some of that baggage today and hopefully throw it out if we can. <laughs> Yes, well, every um, every living, breathing, walking Christian um, has struggled with the pain of 
unanswered prayer. Yeah, absolutely. Even if you've walked half a block with Jesus, it's probably already cropped up. It's true um, for me. I know it's true for you. Mm. I know it's true for um, many people in our community. I mean, for myself, I have um, uh, like a number of people in my life that I really love that have yet to actually encounter Jesus in a way that means that they would follow him. Mm. And that's painful. I have um, I have a, a mother-in-law that um, is suffering in a way that no amount of prayer seems to really be able to shift. There's some small mercies, but, you know, it's not a breakthrough. Mm. Um, I know in the journey of Viva that it's not always been a um, a simple walk in the path, park. Yep, yep. <laughs> yes, there are many, many prayers that we've we've prayed that we're yet to see the answer come through. And it's yeah. like that. It's like that about every area of life, whether that's praying for our kids, whether that's um, praying for for different things that we that we need or that we want. Unanswered prayer just seems to be part of the journey. Yes, it does. So there's. Um, there will always be those times when when a whole raft of doubts start coming up for us around, well, is God actually a good father? Is he actually engaged in my life in any real way? Mm. Does he care? And, and is he worthy um, of my trust? Mm. And wrestling with those issues is it's part of being human. We're real humans. We live these real messy lives on this side of heaven. Um, and Jesus does actually understand that, that that's the deal. Mm. Which is then, I guess, why he goes on to uh, to tell these sort of little stories or examples, I guess, in verse 9 to 11. Um, he's sort of saying that, yes, we're going to encounter those doubts, um, but he knows the Father so well and is saying, just look yeah. at my dad. This is what he's really like. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. He's saying if you've ever experienced love for a young person who depends on you or if you've ever experienced being, you know, mothered or fathered well, then you have some idea of how God sees us um, and of his position towards us. Even in our human limitations, of course, our human love is limited, but God doesn't have those limitations. He doesn't run out of love um, or resources and Jesus is saying it's really it's really critical that you don't forget or forsake this truth that God is a good father because once we start to lose sight of that, our relationship with God can really start to deteriorate. And then so will our prayer life because those two things, mm. they can't be se- separated. They're, they're intimately um, connected things. And so what, like, what does that look like? What, what can that deterioration in relationship with God look like? Well, it, eventually, it can mean someone turning away from faith altogether mm. and actually walking out of the walking out of the room in a way that it means that they may not look back. But but most of the time, for most people, it actually just looks like us making ourselves less and less vulnerable to God. We actually stop allowing ourselves to take risks in prayer and our prayers um, little by little become more realistic, more manageable, more reasonable because we're just protecting ourselves from the emotional pain of more potential disappointment. But, of course, in the process we are actually disengaging our hearts. We're disengaging emotionally um, from from the relationship. Mm. I know um, some time ago I was reading a parenting book about um, how as a parent it can be tempting when you're really struggling emotionally with a child to start um, 
shutting off your heart. And yes, you're meeting their day-to-day needs, but actually your heart is starting to shut down um, just to protect yourself from the constant pain. But when that happens, they are big alarm bells because once you start to do that, you're really in trouble. Um, And as a parent, it's on you to to double down Mm -hmm. and kind of intentionally open your heart back up again and bring life back into that and vulnerability back into that relationship. And that's the case with every relationship, actually, not just Mm -hmm. parent-child, but but it's it's always the way. Um, yeah, so this is so important in our relationship with God, like actually looking at this question of unanswered prayer and disappointment and taking risks and, um, yeah, what, what are we asking God for? Are we just staying safe and only asking for really small things that will probably happen anyway? Yes. Or are we, actually, um, are we actually doing what Jesus says in terms of asking? Yeah. So... I mean, I guess that leads us to the question of, well, so what do we do? Um, I guess especially as people are listening to this, if they if they are like, oh, yeah, actually I have kind of stopped really asking God for the things that matter to me, the things that are closest to my heart, what what now? What's the options? Well, vulnerability um, is, is always a choice that we have to make. Mm. Um, I think we have some examples in the Bible of people who have been deeply disappointed and have ended up turning away from God and turning to other things. But we also have examples of people staying in the room with God, even in their pain. Mm. Um, and, and the Psalms are a really, really good example of that. So we can see um, David pouring out his pain and frustration to God instead of walking out and and kind of complaining and grumbling to someone else. So this idea of lament uh, I think is really helpful. And initially I was thinking, oh, yeah, it's, you know, lament, that's a good vulnerable thing to do. And then I felt like God corrected me and said, actually, lament is a journey. It's actually a journey back back to me. and it's actually a journey back to worship and beholding God again. And I was just looking at uh, one of the Psalms, Psalm 13, uh, which reads, How long, God, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I agonise, grieving your absence in my heart every day? How long will you let my enemies win? Turn back. Respond to me, God. Put the spark of life in my eyes or I'm dead. My enemies will boast that they've beaten me and my foes will celebrate that I have stumbled. But I trust in your faithful love. My heart leaps at the thought of imminent deliverance by you. I will sing to the eternal for he's always generous with me. Now, I don't know how long it took David to get from verse 1 to verse 6. <laughs> could have been a, a few few years in the process. That's right, it absolutely could have been. <laughs> but I think that's um, that's certainly one way to, to kind of keep your heart open and to be able to keep coming back to God to get those needs met. Mm. Yeah, I know for me I have experienced times where God hasn't been answering my prayers and particularly I guess around I think I think of an example around something that was very close to my heart that really mattered to me and I was asking God for for this to change for years and I couldn't see any reason why he wouldn't answer that that prayer and it really did lead to me sort of um gradually 
closing, closing my heart off and just sort of retreating from God. And I found that I I stopped. It wasn't just that I stopped eventually asking him about that thing, but I stopped asking him about other, all the other things, like all the other, maybe more practical or smaller things where I could have been asking God to do those things in my life. And I, but I I stopped, (laughs) I stopped entirely because this whole question of who God, who is God really? Is he a father that I can trust when he's not doing this thing that I really think he should be doing and I can't see any reason why he wouldn't? Yes. Um, so why would I ask him about anything else? And yet, as I look back on that time, I think one thing that would have been really helpful f- for me might have been to actually just park, even just temporarily, that that thing that I felt so disappointed about and start asking God about something else. Yeah. Like just start asking him about some some smaller things. And, and so I guess I would give that as a, you know, I think that's a way through here. Um, sometimes if you've got unanswered prayer, you know, don't stop asking, but just maybe change what you're asking for or, you know, start asking about some different things. And then you get to experience the faithfulness of God in in responding to you in those those things. Yeah. So rather than just thinking, oh, well, God's left the room and he's never going to, he doesn't care about me and he doesn't listen to me anyway, it it actually, you get the opportunity then to experience the love and care of God with him, you know, through him responding to other prayers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Okay, so this passage, you know, we've had Jesus asking us about telling us about asking, seeking, knocking and making all these promises and, you know, talking to us about the character of God and who he really is. And then we get to verse 12, which is it's like in the same paragraph, so it's clearly meant to sit together, um, but it just seems a bit random. It really does. It says, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. So what do you make of that? Just a small verse. <laughs> That's right. Just the entire summing up of the law and the prophets. Um, oh, look, it does feel a bit difficult to do the verse justice, and it is. it does feel, it felt odd to me too. Um, but I think if we look at it in the light um, of what has come before it, we can see that Jesus is saying that going to the Father for what you need means that you don't actually need to go and try and wrest um, those, those needs and wants from the people around you. Mm. You're not constantly grasping and grabbing and letting your own needs kind of dominate your relationships with other people. So really a healthy, um, vulnerable relationship with God is going to have the knock-on effect of healthy and vulnerable relationships with other people Mm. because you are going to be um, able to be generous. You'll be able to be kind. You can be thoughtful. You can be gracious. You can give. You you can give yourself away, um, which is all the things that we hope people would be with us. If you actually feel secure and confident that God knows you, and knows what you need and has got things in hand um, and is is taking care of things. Uh, it just frees us to live in a really different way. Mm. Right. So coming to God and asking actually frees us up to be, you know, it's bringing those needs to the right place, the right relationship, and then it frees us up to to do what Jesus says, to be able to do to others what we would love them to do for us. Yeah, indeed. Absolutely. <laughs> it sounds so simple. <laughs> That's right. Um, 
Okay. So, well, what do we do with all of this? Well, one of the things that I found myself asking of myself this week was where are the places where I've actually stopped really asking things of God? Um, Where are the places where I've become very narrow and limited in what I'm willing to ask because to continue would be really painful. Um, so that would be certainly something that you could um, you could check in about. Um, and I wonder if there's a place where you've maybe gone down the DIY route mm. instead of the, uh, the going back to God route or the route of I'm just looking for this thing that I need in responses from other people to me or in other relationships in ways that maybe isn't that um, healthy or that helpful. Mm. Uh, and of course, always just checking, you know, where, where are you at in terms of your, your vulnerability with God? Mm, is just, there? It's a bit of a scary question, that one, I think, yeah. but I think it's yeah. really core to relationship with God is, are we willing to be vulnerable with him? So yeah, I think each of, I, I feel challenged to do a little check-in about that is how vulnerable am I letting myself be with God? Because we are so safe actually to be completely vulnerable with God, but our hearts sometimes need a bit of convincing about that. Yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. So you might uh, discover that you actually need to give yourself some space and permission to, to lament your way uh, back to his heart, back to his throne room, mm-hmm. to find yourself back in worship again because worship is the place where our hearts kind of open up again. Yeah. 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 And I mean, this is a, such a picture of intimacy in prayer, isn't it? Like prayer is not meant to be this boring obligation, but it's this picture of this wonderful intimate relation, relationship with God where we make ourselves vulnerable and where he responds and fills us. And yeah, I mean, that sounds great, right? <laughs> if we can do the hard work of, of asking ourselves these questions, um, getting to that place. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, why don't you pray for us, Claire? Okay. Well, Father, we actually just want to declare the truth over ourselves and our community that you are a good father. And I just want to ask for all of us, Holy Spirit, that you give us a fresh revelation of that, fresh insight into that, and a fresh experience of that in in our time with you this week. I ask that you would give us courage and boldness to ask questions of ourselves and questions of you. We thank you that you come to us with a tenderness and love, a depth of affection and care uh, that we so often forget and so often underestimate. So we recommit ourselves into your hands this week. ask that you would lead us into a deeper place of vulnerability and intimacy with you. We ask that you would open up our prayer lives in a new way and and help us to keep coming to the right place and the right person to get all of our needs met. Amen. Amen. Amen.